Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to the Morning Beat on this thirstiest of Thursdays. We're so happy to be here. So happy you're here with us. Uh, Hopefully pouring yourself a fresh cup of coffee or some nice tea or a glass of ice water because it's still really hot in much of our nation. Uh, We have a great show for you today. It is Therapy Thursdays. Uh, We should call it Thirsty Therapy Thursdays. Yeah. That's what we should start calling it. Thirsty Therapy Thursdays. Mm -hmm. And we could drink while we get therapy. Think about it. That sounds beautiful. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a party that I'd really like to attend, I do my my greatest amount of growth uh, when I drink, so. Under the influence. Under the influence. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, but it's Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, uh, and we actually have a licensed clinical social worker who's going to be uh, calling in uh, this morning for Therapy Thursdays to have a conversation about the new hotline, 988. I saw a lot of people post it on social media when that went live a couple months back. Um, uh, but uh, what do you need to know? What are the signs? Maybe you're not going through it, but maybe somebody near you is going through a, a rough time right now, and you don't even realize it. Yeah, he's here to help us uh, break down and and destigmatize uh, mental health. You know, because I I don't think we I still think we've we've come so far, but there's still such a stigma attached to like not being mentally strong 100 percent of the time. Yeah, and 100%. it's not possible. It's not possible. Also, yeah. um, how about this one? Never thought I'd say this in my life, but Spencer Pratt, Bethany Frankel, Lisa Kudrow. All in the same story. That's your first what's popping story of the morning. Uh, also involves some Kardashians. Everybody's in on the story. Yeah. It's sort of like, you know what the story is? It's sort of like the Avengers of pop culture news. Like all the <laughs> Avengers finally come. Captain America's here. Thor's here. Yeah. Black Panther's here. Yes. They've all come together for this one mega what's popping story coming up here at the end of the first hour. Uh, we have a great show planned. How are you doing? I'm doing a very good. I love Therapy Thursdays. Yeah. Uh, and I'm feeling good. Tomorrow is my album release officially. Comes out. Vivian comes out tomorrow. Finally on the 9th. Kind of can't believe it. Kind of can't believe it. So we're just here. I'm feeling very, uh, I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling like I, um, I love hosting a national morning show. I feel mm-hmm. so lucky to do that. I feel so lucky to have my dream album come out. I feel lucky that I've got you as my best friend, Lisa is my partner, mm. Vane is our producer. Like I'm just really feeling grateful today, and I feel like um, I haven't always felt that way. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just really quieting down and appreciating everything. I've got the Equality Awards tonight that I'm singing at. I know, so exciting. We're doing the original music from the album. Wow, and um, it just feels like. Uh, 
I'm doing it in Vegas, where I'm from. Yes. So it's all just a lot of full, full circle moments. Yes, yes, yes. She'll be uh, calling into our show tomorrow. I'll be here in studio. Michaela's going to be in Las Vegas uh, doing a show probably, I don't I don't want to say hungover, but I think hungover emotionally because you don't, you don't over drink emotionally you at all. Mm-mm. But... What an emotional release that's going to be. Yeah, I think that's what it's been, too. People are like, how do you feel? And I'm like, emotional. (laughs) I feel emotional. When I wrote my book back in 2018, it's the closest thing I can think of, like, creatively to, like, releasing an album. And it was also my, like, my story to a degree, but sort of a self-help It is. It is your album. And so when it finally came out, you know... I didn't sell as many copies as I wanted to in my brain. I didn't become a New York Times bestseller. None of that happened. But... It didn't change the fact that I was so proud that it did impact lives, that people did respond positively to it. And that's all you can ask for. You've done the hard work. Like the journey is is what, where it's actually at. And I think especially this is so true for you right now. And people are going to buy the album. They're going to stream it on Spotify. We're going to listen all the time. That's great. But it's the growth uh, that has happened in your life in the last year or two since you've been putting this album together that's the thing. It's the confidence it's going to give you to be like, I can do anything now. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think I'm, I'm super, super excited for you. Thank you, babe. And I'm just ready to stop talking about this thing. I want it to come out already. You shut your beautiful mouth. We've been talking about it for months. You shut your beautiful mouth. We knew it was right around the corner. And now she's here, baby. And yeah. then it's pumpkin spice latte season. Then it's pumpkin spice latte mm-hmm. season. Officially. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> How about some news on the beat season? You got it, babe. Um, <clears throat> the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Strategic Preparedness and Response has signed a contract with Amerisource Virgin to Haston and expand the distribution of monkeypox vaccines and treatments. The industry partnership will facilitate the direct shipments, the monkeypox virus vaccine, as well as T-pox and antiviral treatment to more U.S. locations. HHS wrote in a press release Tuesday. Previously, the strategic national stockpile was shipping both products to five locations per jurisdiction, but HHS expects that number to increase over the next few weeks in weekly quantities of up to 2,500 vaccines and up to 2,500 TPOX courses. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. <clears throat> it's going to be a high of 96 in L.A., 108 in Vegas, a high of 107 in Palm Springs, 88 in Houston, 89 in Miami, 77 in San Francisco, 77 in Buffalo, 107 in Cathedral City, and 89 in Dallas. Now give us a vibe of the day. Here's a vibe for you. Be healthy and take care of yourself, but be happy with the beautiful things that make you, you. You know who said that? Who? Beyonce. Yeah, Beyonce did. And uh, she was sort of a Beyonce before Beyonce was Beyonce. Her name's Miss Diana Ross, and she's coming to Las Vegas uh, for a short residency September 21st through October 1st. We want you to be there so much so that we're going to offer round-trip airfare for two, a two-night hotel stay at the Wynn Las yes, Vegas. Baby. It's very fancy. And we're going to throw in two tickets in the first 10 rows. These are very expensive seats. Yeah. It's a huge, huge giveaway. Uh, you can buy your way in at Ticketmaster.com. That's the old-fashioned way. Or... You can win your way in by heading over to wearechannelq.com. Good luck. Good luck, baby. Good morning, B. Channel Q. Dear Abby, ready for this? About a year ago, I started a long-distance relationship with a widower. His wife died four years ago. He told me he slept on the couch a long time and got very little sleep after her death because he couldn't stand sleeping alone. Aw. Heartbreaking, right? He has two dogs, and I never allowed them to sleep in bed, or get on the bed for that matter. He finally decided to try sleeping in bed with the dogs and was then able to sleep. I visited several times and doesn't want to sleep with me. Uh, we have discussed marriage 
When I told him I want us to sleep together, he said he wants us to continue sleeping in separate rooms and beds after we get married. I don't want that. We have a great relationship except for this. Am I being unreasonable? I feel like I'd be taking second place to his dogs and I'm hurt uh, that he would rather sleep with them. I told him how I feel, but he doesn't want to compromise. I don't know if I'm wasting my time with him or not. I'm afraid if I insist, he will think I am being too pushy and break off our relationship. Going to the dogs, she says, or this person says. Wow, I have a lot of thoughts, actually, on this one. Yeah, I do, too. I mean, listen, I know relationships that make it work best by sleeping in separate bedrooms. For me, that's not an option. I'm sleeping with Lisa, my partner, in the same bed. And we sleep with our dogs and we force each other to sleep together every single night, no matter what, because that's what we like to do. Uh, But if Lisa ever told me that her dogs were sleeping in, actually, I literally had an appointment with this woman a couple weeks ago and she had this huge uh, like Great Dane or whatever. And she's like, oh, yeah, I told my husband if he doesn't want to sleep in the bed with us, he can get out. She's sleeping with us. And I was like, are you on crack? Do you know what's weird? I think a lot of wives are kind of that way. A lot of wives like make jokes like that about their dogs, their cats. It wasn't a joke. She made him sleep in another room. But they say say it in a way they think they're being funny, but they're actually being very, very serious. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's problematic. I think I think a lot of things could be going on here with this man. For for one, for starters, I think the dogs in the bed to him represent his late wife. Yeah. Makes him feel like she might still be there. They shared them together as long as they're still here. She, he has a connection to her. So that is one thing, which is a red flag because maybe he's not over her. I understand wanting to feel connected, but if he's not able to move on from it to another healthy relationship, that's one red flag. Number two it could actually be about the bed. It could be that in his mind somewhere, whether he realizes it or not, he's not comfortable sharing that bed that he shared with his late wife yeah. with another woman or any bed for that matter. So I think this woman needs to say, ask some tough questions. One of them might be, hey, what if we got a new bed? What if we purchased a new bed together? If that doesn't solve the problem, it means he just doesn't want to sleep in a bed with you. Or honestly, like (laughs) I tell everybody and myself, go to therapy and figure out what the problem is and work it out because that is not healthy, I don't think. Yeah. And I sympathize with this man. Oh my God, I couldn't imagine losing my partner and then like we're sleeping in the same bed and we've got the same dogs and the whole thing. But I think it's a, a... there's, it can be fixed with proper communication. And I can imagine it feelings. probably feels like a betrayal in his mind. Totally, to some percent. degree. You know what I mean? I see it. I would understand it. But on, on, from her perspective, though, I think that if your if your fear is that if you insist or you push too hard, that he's going to break off the relationship. Mm-hmm. If that's the type of man that he is and you're afraid that that's what he's going to do, mm-hmm. it might be time to also just consider walking away. Totally. If he really, really wants to be with you, he will follow you. And if he doesn't, you're going to know. He's not yeah. going to follow you to the other bed, to the other bedroom, or right out the door. Either way, I think she kind of answered her own question. She, it sounds like she knows that he might not actually be the one. But that is a tricky comp. Like I feel like if you're a widow... Your best bet for a new relationship is another widow. Yeah, you you need to have somebody who understands. Yeah, you've been through it together and you can empathize because it would take a lot of patience. I don't know if I would have the patience if I, let's just say I were single tomorrow and met somebody and thought they were fantastic, but they were hung up on their ex who passed away. I don't know that I have the capacity 
to go through all of those emotions to get them to a healthy place. Yeah, I feel like you are absolutely right. And I hope they go to therapy and they figure this out. Sleep in the bed with your partner. Find a way to do it. It just creates so much more intimacy. Good morning, B. Channel Q. You're listening to The Morning Beat. Thank you so much for being here on this beautiful Thursday morning. Uh, one day until Michaela's album Vivian drops. Make sure you get yourself a copy Why? tomorrow. Hopefully people talk about you as much as people talk about the Kardashians because everybody's Golly. talking about them, including Bethany Frankel. What do you have for us? All right. Well, Courtney Stodden is back in the news. Now, if you don't remember, Courtney Stodden is really the main reason that Chrissy Teigen got canceled after old tweets were pulled up that Chrissy Teigen was vile to Courtney Stodden. Uh, and at the time, she wasn't even of legal age. Um, Courtney Stodden, though, is now clapping back at Bethany Frankel, saying she's having a hard time stomaching Bethany Frankel's recent comments about the Kardashians presenting distorted beauty ideals as they couldn't help but think back to how the Real Housewives of New York City alum treated them during an interview in 2013. Courtney said, how are you, Bethany, for girls and women Uh, When you made me feel so mocked in your show when I was 19, I canceled all my other interviews in New York City and immediately returned back to L.A. crying my eyes out. Oh, wow. She said, I'm sorry, they go by they, them. Mm -hmm. Uh, They said, it honestly doesn't make me feel great to relive such a traumatic moment, but I wanted to point out the double standard of which she lives by. I would never invite a guest onto my TV show just to make a mockery of them, especially as a 19-year-old. Wow. The way you treat someone sticks with them. Words matter. I was a very impressionable girl who was screaming inside for love while she clawed at me and allowed her guests to point and laugh at me. I will say this, in defense of Courtney Stodden, making this album, um, your husband made me the most beautiful like highlight video of my time on American Idol. And I haven't really seen any of that footage. And when I go back and look at it, I was 16 at the time. And I was really uh, made fun of and kind of dragged by women that are my age now. And it really, really stuck with me. And now as a 34-year-old woman, I could drag them so fast back. Mm-hmm. Like being like, what are you thinking? It kind of it re-triggers me as well. I feel for Courtney Stodden. I think them them going after Chrissy Teigen and them going after Bethany Frankel, I think that they're warranted. And Bethany Frankel talks a lot of smack. Yeah, she uh, yeah, she just recently stepped into it while well, she was talking about Lisa Kudrow being on her show and saying that she was the worst guest she ever had. I'm like, Phoebe Buffay, are you sure? Um, but it's interesting that she's, she's back in the headlines again for her talk show that ran for one year. One year. Yeah. Many, many moons ago. But also, like, you got to support people. You can't call people out for it. You can't say that the Kardashians are not good role models and then go drag. You're dragging women in the process. Does that make you a good role model? Yeah. No. No. And I, I think that, you know, Bethany Frankel maybe was like a rough and tough guy. 20 years ago but as we've seen everything is changing people want kind people want nice and i think where bethany frankel thinks she's being funny and honest and telling it like it is actually just comes off as very bitter and old and she's not moving with the times and you know it's interesting that she talks about an unideal beauty standards when I think that she has some of her own that she's not talking about. She's like about. a size negative two. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And she's got that small body, that frame, which is great for her. If she's healthy, fantastic. But like, that's not that she creating an entire brand off of skinny girl. Right. Off of promoting skinny girls. Right. It's literally the name of her brand. Yeah. 
And if that if that's promoting body positivity for young women, then I'm missing I'm missing it. I guess I'm missing it too. Yeah. So that's that's just the point. It's like yeah. okay, Bethany. Uh, all right, coming up, it's Therapy Thursdays. Oh my gosh! And we're going to talk about something really amazing. Talk about it next. The Morning Beat Channel Q. You're listening to the Morning Beat on this Thirsty Thursday. I'm going to call it that all day long. How about that? I love it. Let's okay do it. it. Absolutely. Well, on this Thirsty Thursday, it also happens to be Therapy Thursday. Amen. Uh, and the new suicide uh, prevention hotline is up and running, and we have a licensed clinical social worker uh, calling in to tell you about that hotline and, and how it's saving lives uh, as we honor Suicide Prevention Awareness Month all month long here on The Morning Beat. Mental health is super important to us here, and uh, and we, we, we want it to be important to you, too. We want you to know that you're not alone and that you have spa- safe spaces, safe queer spaces, uh, whereas a queer person or a trans person, uh, you can come and you can get answers and not feel judged. So we're going to have that conversation in Therapy Thursdays coming up here in just a little bit. I think it's super, super important. Can't wait to have it here on the Morning Beat. Then uh, in in what what's popping, um, this one's interesting. Spencer Pratt back in the news. Spencer Pratt. Find out why. Why is he in the news? Well, we'll tell you. You're going to tell us, actually, a little bit later on in this hour. So uh, stick around for that as well. Right now, though, it's time for some news on the beat from the one and only Michaela Gordon, whose album, by the way, Vivian drops tomorrow. Just friendly reminder. Make sure you listen to that on Spotify. And if you still buy things on iTunes, go ahead and buy a copy of the album there I as well. I still do buy everything on iTunes. Is I do that too. weird? I do, too. And like, I bought Beyonce's album when it came out. And my husband's like, honey, no, don't do that anymore. Are she we gets, beyond she that? She gets paid per stream. You pay for Spotify. That's that's plenty. Okay, so we want people to go to Spotify. <laughs> All of it. Whatever they want Great. to do. All right. Uh, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Strategic Preparedness and Response has signed a contract with Amerisource Bergen to Haston and expand the distribution of monkeypox vaccines and treatments. The industry partnership will facilitate the direct shipments, the monkeypox virus vaccine, as well as T-pox uh, and <clears throat> antiviral treatment to more U.S. locations. Previously, the strategic national stockpile was shipping both products to five locations per jurisdiction, but HHS expects that number to increase over the next few weeks in weekly quantities of up to 2,500 vaccines. In other news, a transgender woman alleges that she was thrown out of a Florida nightclub after she used the women's restroom. Piper Ayers said she and her friends went to the Dixie Roadhouse in Cape Corral expecting to have a little fun. A sign at the entrance says if you are racist, sexist, homophobic, or just a jerk, don't come in. Despite that message, Ayers said she was confronted by security after she used the women's restroom. When her friend TJ Jackson asked why Ayers wasn't permitted to use that restroom, security guards said they don't allow men to use the women's restrooms. Jackson told WBBH Ayers said she and her friends then went to speak to the manager, who told Ayers she had to use the facilities that match the gender listed on her ID, which she hasn't changed yet. Dixie Roadhouse hasn't responded to a request for comment. Why do people care about these things? I don't know, but they care a lot. Let her use the restroom where she wants to use the restroom. They're stalls. It's fine. It's a woman's restroom. They're all stalls. But I'm going to tell you, just like for reference, we've been doing gender neutral bathrooms for like a year or so here. No, If not more. decade here. I feel like the Abbey went gender neutral like seven or eight years ago. Okay, I don't feel like that. I feel like I know exactly what you're talking about, but I still feel like I just go to the women's side and then the men still go to the men's. Sure, yeah, but then there's a common area and in the middle. And the common yeah, area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But it's just to say that the ones that have gone very gender neutral, like nobody cares. Nobody cares. 
You go in, you go out. The event we had Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night, mm-hmm. the bathrooms were gender neutral. People just went in, went out. They handled their business. It was done. Like, yeah. let it go. I'm part of a, of a social club, and, and we there's like uh, there's different houses around the city, and all the bathrooms are gender neutral. Everything is. Everything. You just have like a door and you have your own little private area and there's women and men all together and then we all wash our hands in the same area together. It's not a big deal. So I just don't understand why people get so worked up. Because they're annoying. And don't say that racists and homophobes aren't allowed in the club and then kick out a trans woman for using the restroom. That's obscene. So It's so annoying. So annoying. All right, let's get into weather. It's going to be a high of 96 in L.A., 107 in Vegas, 107 in Palm Springs, 90 in Miami, a high of 83 in Atlanta, 76 in Cleveland, 107 in La Quinta, 77 in Boston. Now give us a vibe of the day. Be healthy and take care of yourself, but be happy with the beautiful things that make you, you. You're one of one. You're the only one. You're the only one. You know who said this quote? Melissa Etheridge? No, Beyonce. Oh, great. Love Beyonce Who also sang those lyrics. Beyonce is like the second coming of Diana Ross because Diana Ross did it first. She was the original Supreme. And she has a short-term residency coming to Las Vegas at the end of this month that we want you to be a part of, September 21st through October 1st. We want you there so badly. We're willing to give away two tickets in the first 10 rows to one lucky listener. We're also going to cover round trip airfare for two and a two-night hotel stay at the Wynn Las Vegas, which is where the show is. The Wynn is super fancy. These tickets are very expensive. Uh, You can buy your way in at Ticketmaster.com. That's great. But why not take a chance at winning two iconic tickets to an iconic performance? Head over to WeAreChannelQ.com right now and enter for your chance to win. Good luck and Godspeed. Godspeed, baby. All right, coming up, it's Therapy Thursdays. Uh, It's a very important conversation. It's Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, and we're bringing attention to the hotline. Uh, We will have that conversation coming up in seven minutes. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
the morning beat channel q welcome back to the show it's time for another round of therapy thursday this one's really near and dear to our hearts as we continue honoring suicide prevention awareness month Uh, We want to bring more attention to this new hotline, the 988 hotline that came out recently. You might have seen it posted on social media, um, uh, but it's just it's a a, a faster, easier way for those who need help, who need an ear to listen uh, to get the the help that they need. And here to talk about that is David Bond. He's a licensed clinical social worker and the director of behavioral health for Blue Shield of California. David, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? I'm very good. Thank you for having me. Good morning. You know, uh, mental health is, is is so important to us here at Channel Q. You know, as LGBTQ plus people, uh, navigating mental health can be one of the most difficult tasks over the course of a lifetime. Uh, but having hotlines like this are so important. Why is this specifically so important and this new uh, sort of abbreviated, abridged uh, hotline number? Yeah, well, two things. Um, One, I want to make sure uh, to spread some awareness that the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline has actually been around since 2005. Mm -hmm. That previously was a longer 800 number. This new three-digit extension is really just a a change to make sure that the access, uh, you know, that people have greater access by being able to have a number that they remember. Um, So, uh, and, and there are some additional enhancements that go along with it. But what's so important is that, you know, there there, there's so many times throughout life, whether it's you know someone who, who struggles with chronic thoughts of suicide, or someone who has maybe a, a smaller moment of, of suicidal crisis when they're kind of in a panic mode, um, that that it, it's it's sometimes difficult to remember that there is help available. And so having 988 when you don't have someone else to talk to, or when you don't have faith that the folks around you are going to be able to provide you with the support that you need. Just having a quick and easy to remember number to call to have an immediate someone to talk to or connect with um, can can really be impactful at saving that life and, and helping to reduce that state of crisis. You know, it's really crazy because I'll just share my own personal uh, experience. I've never very, I, I, I've dealt with anxiety and depression, but I've never felt in a place where I would need to call a hotline. I've been able to sort of take it care of it myself or or maybe speak to like a friend of mine and it wasn't until 2020 when I realized that I was so alone and there wasn't anybody I wanted to share it with that I knew and I I was in the darkest place of my life and this hotline would have been so beneficial and this is just coming from somebody who never thought that I would need something like that a tool like that Mm. and so it just goes to show that mental health does never discriminate and sometimes you can have so many people around you and so many people that love you it's easier to talk to a stranger sometimes too though and sometimes it's just easier to talk into that phone well and particularly in different parts of the country and I live in I live in an urban part of Southern California so it's a little bit easier for me to find additional LGBTQ community who understands my experience a little bit more and maybe speaks my language. But in other parts of the country where it's really, really complicated, or particularly for younger people without as much access to the community, it can be really, un- it can be a real struggle to, to find that safe space to have someone listen to you without the additional judgment of having to discuss LGBTQ language and, and some of the other, you know, some, you know, whether it's even kind of a cultural issue. And I got to tell you one thing, before I was at Blue Shield of California, I was the clinical vice president for National Suicide Prevention Organization for LGBTQ young people. And you might recall the night of the of the Pulse shootings, um, we actually had the highest volume of calls 
Mm. to our suicide crisis center that we had had in the previous at least 15 years. Now, it's not because that crisis made more people immediately suicidal, but it's because so many people had, were, were so devastated at what had happened and didn't have someone to talk to that they could trust to talk to in their immediate vicinity. So had to call into this lifeline. It's so but true. What was shocking, what was, shocking was um, and I'm, I'm not here to talk about politics, but the 2016 elections were just after that. And the night of the presidential election in 2016, we had even higher volume to the suicide crisis line or to the, to the LGBT crisis line than we had after the Pulse shootings. And again, it's not because people instantly became suicidal. It's because, you know, young people had conversations in their home where their values were just felt to be different and they didn't feel seen or heard. And they certainly didn't feel safe, you know, in their families or communities finding those folks to talk to. So needed to reach out to a trained, you know, like a, a, someone who has got clinical training, um, who knows how to be a, a witness and really how to how to bear witness to what that person's struggle and help them see the light through it. Listen, not a thing to apologize for. You can get political on our show all day long, yeah. proudly here. But also, more importantly, like what that has done to the mental health of so many Americans, especially LGBT plus people. You know, I grew up in a small town in Ohio. And I had nobody to talk to. This is in the 90s. I mean, this is uh, most gay men and gay women have had the same experience. Nobody to talk to. I didn't even understand that there were suicide prevention lines for them for a number of years, right? Um, but this this hotline, this 988 extension, is literally going to save lives. Uh, I'm looking at some of these statistics, and I think our listeners just need to know: uh, nearly 46,000 people, on average, uh, die by suicide in the United States per year. That's according to most recent data, and 800,000 people globally take their lives per year. Um, how, how do we get those numbers down? Is that the goal? Like, how do we how do we let people know that they have value, uh, that, that, that their lives matter? Is this hotline a step in that direction? So, so there are a couple pieces of it. Suicide prevention is, you know, it's like building blocks in a pyramid of how we're really going to get there. And every block is important, but no block is going to do anything by itself. So we're not going to policy our way out of this. We're not going to research our way out of this. Um, and, and we're not just going to access, you know, clinical services our way out of this either. It's really about making the world a better place for more people to em- enhance an environment of mental health um, and so- psychosocial health, really, um, to uh, identify that there is hope, that there is optimism, um, and really that, that there are, um, you know, that there are good times to be had and that we're all going to get through things. I think particularly around, you know, covid um, you know, the social environment in, in the United States and in other places, um, an un, a re-understanding of social justice issues by people who didn't get it before, and the elections, you know, everything that's just bombarded and what's going on in school, it's really hard to make plans and see that there is going to be, you know, uh, there's not necessarily an end to everything, but there's a way through mm. um, and that there is support to be found. So I think it's really about all of our collective responsibility to each other to be part of humanity and do what we can to be as supportive as we can to as many people as we can. So the 988 Suicide Prevention Lifeline is an excellent tool for folks who aren't seeing hope and who don't have someone to talk to. Maybe it's three o'clock in the morning because they're open 24-7. And it's not ongoing therapy. It's episodic. So you don't really, you know, you don't build a therapeutic relationship with the person on the other end of the phone. You have a conversation. And then if you need to call back, which often happens, people call multiple times, um, you, you know, you, you don't always, you, you usually 
you don't get the same person. Um, so it's important to also realize that like when you find yourself like needing this kind of resource frequently, maybe it's time to also seek professional therapy um, or an, a different kind of relationship that is more um, ongoing and, and consistent. Mm. Well, we appreciate uh, you having this conversation with us so much. David Bond, it's so, so important. Hotline 988. Thank you so much. And we hope to talk with you soon. Uh, thank you very much. I would also love to mention, if you've got one more second, yes. that for folks who prefer to text, check out Crisis Text Line. And text uh, uh, 741741. That's right. Perfect. Yep. Thank you so much. Thank you so Thank much. You. Take care. Good morning, B. Channel Q. All right. A couple of weeks ago, we had a conversation on the show about this concept of quiet quitting, meaning basically, if you don't feel respected at your job, you don't feel like you're getting paid a fair wage, uh, you decide that you're no longer going to break your back, bend over backwards, trying to impress your bosses. You're Good. going. To, you're going to do what you feel that you're paid for, and then you're going to hightail it out of there and hit the road, right? And it's becoming more and more common, I think, through the pandemic, people are realizing, like, I'm, I'm undervalued, so I'm going to give them exactly what they pay for, which I'm actually a 1,000% on board with, right? Um, but now, the conversation has shifted a bit. People are talking about quiet quitting in relationships and how it is considered a slow killer. And if you are in a relationship, uh, how to avoid it and how to recognize it if it is happening to you. I think I've always said in relationships that the only time I get really, really scared or stressed with my partner is if they just stop reacting to me. Right. I grew up in a lot of chaos. So I, I come from a very loud family. Everybody's yelling and talking over each other all the time at holidays and family get-togethers. So that, to me, has always felt like normal. And if my partner shuts down and shuts me out, that's when I... If, you, if my partner's arguing with me, I'm fine. I know he's still invested, right? Right. He's still in it. But if he shuts down and stops talking to me, I start to spiral. I go down the rabbit hole. And I think that's like that's to me the worst form of like quiet quitting. Yeah, it's interesting <clears throat> because I will take a different approach in a relationship. I will like definitely fight and do my thing. Uh, if I start to get quiet, it's not even necessarily that I'm quiet quitting, but maybe it is if I feel like I'm not uh, heard. I just shut down and then I'm like, okay, girl, you win. And that's in any relationship. Like, I'm just like, okay, fine. And I, I really do think that's just where people, some people land. Like, once you feel like you're not heard or once you feel like you're not respected and you feel like you've tried to say that or you've fought your way through it, it really is almost like, that's fine. I'll wave the white flag. Well, I think what you're describing is exactly what they say is the number one red flag to look for. It's complacency. Yeah. Like once you get to complacency, and that can look like, uh, as simple as, you know, not planning date nights anymore or skipping little like kind, sweet gestures. You know, my partner and I write little notes on our dry erase board on the refrigerator to each other in the mornings. And, and if we go too long without that happening... Then all of a sudden my little radar goes up like, uh-oh, are we good? Are we still doing those flirty, fun little things that, that make us us? And when those things start to stop happening, that's a red flag. Yeah. you got to look because you always – and also ask yourself that too. I'm like, am I inspired to do sweet things for my partner anymore? Am I inspired to make them dinner from time to time? 
Am I inspired to give them a foot massage because they've had a hard day at work? Am I inspired to do an extra load of laundry and not mention it to them and just I mean, do you it know out of what? the kindness of my own heart? Sometimes you're not. Yeah. But you got to do it anyway. Yeah. Because that's what makes your partner feel good. Yeah. And I do think that complacency doesn't need to be the end. It can just be a warning to sit down with your partner. It can be a warning sign. Yeah. And also, that's where me and Lisa got. I, I really do in my friendships, in my relationships, if I feel like at some point I'm not being heard, I'm, I'm, I'm checked out. Like, I'm done. And that's something that I've had to learn. Um, but when we went to therapy, we realized that there were more helpful ways of communicating. And I wasn't done with her. Mm-hmm. I was just at a at a dead end. Like, I had no more tools. I didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. I wasn't feeling it. And really, it was the best thing ever. And I think that that's where a lot of people are. I don't think a lot of people want to walk away from things. I think they just don't know how. They don't know how. And this is your longest relationship, correct, Lisa? Yeah. Seven years. And I'm, I'm 10, also my longest. And I feel in the past, what I my MO in relationships has always been, I'm going to fight till the bitter end. But the moment I turn it off, the moment I'm no longer arguing, trying to engage in conversation with you, the, the moment I'm not fighting anymore for our relationship, I'm out. Like, I, and I, I'm usually a little bit out for weeks or months before that without actually letting anybody around me know. Right. But once I get to that point where I actually shut down, there's no coming back from it. Yeah. You're not weaseling your way back in. You're not going to convince me to give it one more go because I've already given it so many goes that inside I'm just done. Totally. And so I quiet quit very quietly for a long period of time and then I do it for real. Yeah. Hopefully that never happens again. Yeah, of Hopefully course. I'm married for the rest of my life. And also, like, if you're listening to this, I think this is also a very normal thing in relationships, especially after you've been together for a long time. Every so relationship. Yeah. Everyone. It, it's not to feel, like, defeated. It's like, okay, here's your warning signs, and, you know, you can really come back from it. So I think this is a great conversation. Yeah, I really think important. A, a lot of people get through that. If you can get through that first six months to a year and really, really start to be honest and open. Because that first six months, you really just were presenting the best version of yourself yeah. and hoping not to get caught, right? I, I'm not me. I wish I did. <clears throat> I presented the worst of myself accidentally. Well, you hopped up on that kitchen that me. kitchen island that first date. And, well, Lisa uh, presented, presented her best, best self. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, B. Channel Q. All right, welcome back to the show. It's time for another round of What's Poppin'. I briefly mentioned this story in our last What's Poppin', uh, but earlier this week... Um, Some names sort of came together in a way that you wouldn't expect. We're talking uh, Phoebe Buffay, Lisa Kudrow, and Spencer Pratt. You remember that name? Heidi Montag, Spencer Pratt from the Hills? No. Wild. You know Spencer. I do, I do, I do. Everybody's favorite reality show villain. Uh, Why are they talking about each other and what's going on, Michaela? What's popping? Okay, well, I'm surprised they're still in the news, but uh, Spencer Pratt, is talking about Lisa Kudrow. By the way, you know what movie I just watched last night? Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Oh, so good. So, so good. I've seen it so many times. The scene where she gets hit by the limousine, flies up in the air, lands on the so concrete, funny. brushes off her knees and keeps walking as if nothing happened. Exactly. It's one of the most hilarious bits of physical comedy I've ever seen in my life. Um, It's so funny. Right and up there she... like, I love Lucy. It's so good. <laughs> so much. And people love her. People loved her from Friends. Yeah. People loved her uh, <clears throat> through so many things. But Spencer Pratt is now doubling down on his claim that Lisa Kudrow is one of the worst humans he's ever met. The Hills alum continued stirring the pot with a new video shared to TikTok on Saturday in which he detailed an alleged conversation between the Friends star and his wife. The year was 2009 and Heidi and I were invited to our first A-list party. It was clear when we got there no one wanted us there. It was almost like we were being filmed for 
super punked and a camera was going to pop up, but Heidi and I didn't care as there was delicious food in an open bar. However, as we were sitting there consuming a little caviar, Lisa Kudrow approached. But he calls her Phoebe. Yeah, he, he calls okay, her Phoebe. Phoebe. <laughs> which was a little shocking as no one had spoken to us at the party. Uh, but then Pratt then alleged that the sitcom star proceeded to tell Montag, 35 years old, that she needs to get away from Spencer Pratt as fast as possible because he's going to murder her and that he has the eyes of a serial killer. <laughs> uh, at first they thought it was just a joke, but uh, no one laughed and she simply walked away. And that was the end of that conversation. Okay, so... Okay, so this is interesting. They're shedding more light on why they think Lisa Kudrow is such a horrible human being. This took place in 2009. If I'm out of the party in 2009, maybe I've had a cocktail or two and, and me and I, I see Heidi Montag and Spencer Pratt walk in. I'm walking up to Heidi and I'm saying, leave that man. He's bad news bears. Because remember the show? Remember how horrible, Yeah, he was awful. Spencer was to her? He still is. He's so he annoying. He totally is. But, like, I remember when that show, 13 years. Let's go back 13 years, I people. can't believe they're still together. Yes. Everybody wanted Spencer to leave, or Heidi to leave Spencer. Everybody broke up her friendship with Lauren, with LC. Like, all the girls, like, fell out with her. Audrina, all of them, because of her love of Spencer. So, again, in context, 13 years ago, Lisa Kudrow said what everybody was thinking. Yeah. For sure. So maybe but she's also, not so awful. We had an interesting conversation the other day where you brought this up about Lisa Kudrow and Bethany Frankel. Bethany Frankel said that she was also the worst guest she ever had on her show. She had a talk show for one year. Bethany said Lisa Kudrow was so disinterested in being there. She didn't even act like she wanted to be interviewed the entire time. But also, you have to understand that Lisa Kudrow is dealing with reality stars. Yes. And A-list that, yes. celebrities do not respect Especially reality stars. Especially in 2009. Especially when you're coming from Friends, the number one show. When you're an icon. And mm-hmm. Bethany Frankel can do whatever she wants. But it's not that Lisa Kudrow went up to George Clooney. Not that reality stars should be disrespected. I am one. But it was a very different time. And, and also, you got to think, this is like pre-Kardashians. Yeah. Um, A-list celebrities don't even like Kardashians still. Exactly. You know, it was different. The, the major celebrities weren't doing Netflix films. Streaming was not even a thing yet. Social media really wasn't even a thing yet. 2009, right? Social media was not a thing. Facebook, maybe. That's right, it. People right. were still in MySpace back then. Yeah, absolutely. All right, coming up, a straight guy says he pretends to be gay on Grindr to find gym partners, but nobody's buying this. Let's see if you do. We'll discuss next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. Coming up this hour on the morning beat, a straight guy says that he pretends to be gay on Grinder just to find workout buddies. How realistic do you think that is? We're going to share our thoughts and some more it's details. It's very realistic. For you in just a moment. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Also, we're talking about all the rules that we put on our partners. What's okay, what's not. And then we're going to wrap things up this hour with uh, what's poppin'. Michaela has a story on one celebrity uh, reacting to Billy Eichner's comments uh, about LGBTQ content that have him in some hot water as his film Bros is about to hit theaters. Iconic moment in LGBTQ plus film history. But Billy Eichner's getting dragged right now by somebody, another famous celebrity from our community. Find out who it is coming up uh, at the end of this hour. Right now, it's time for some news on the beat from the one and only Michaela Goldfarb. Uh, what oh do you have God, for us? Oh my God, you idiot. <laughs> Take it away, sweetie. All right. This story was supposed to be a notable California school system near San Francisco that opens students' minds by embracing LGBTQ-related themes district-wide. But in a time when the LGBTQ plus community is often under political attack, before this story was published, it developed an ugly component. And of course, it involves libs of TikTok. TikTok. Sorry. Castro Valley Unified School District Superintendent Parvin Amadi credits the school board for embracing the LGBTQ plus community and explains that the impetus for painting progress pride flag murals on all 15 schools was a student request. Our board has always been very supportive, making sure that our LGBTQ plus students and families are welcomed and valued, Amadi says. Two students working with Castro Valley Pride approached school officials last year to request permission to paint a rainbow pathway from the Center for the Arts to Castro Valley High School, she says. There's a lot more than just the flags that are painted. There's a lot of work around that, Amadi says. A group of parents and students work with the coordinator in the school system to identify areas that educators and community members could uplift. All right, another news, a three-judge panel of the Ninth Circuit unanimously affirmed that Washington State's law protecting minors from conversion therapy is constitutional and may be enforced. In its ruling, the Ninth Circuit wrote, in relying on the body of evidence before it as well as the medical recommendations of expert organizations, the Washington legislator rationally acted by amending its regulatory scheme for licensed health care providers to add performing conversion therapy on a patient under age 18 to the list of unprofessional Professional conduct for the health professionals. Washington prohibited licensed mental health professionals from subjecting minors to conversion therapy in 2018, as more than 20 other states have also done. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 72 in Boston, 90 in Dallas, a high of 105 in Cathedral City, 76 in Buffalo, 78 in San Francisco, 87 in Houston, a high of 105 in Palm Springs, 96 in LA, and 95, uh, I'm so sorry, 80 in New York City. Now give us a vibe of the day. Be healthy and take care of yourself, but be happy with the beautiful things that make you, you. 
I love that so much. Be happy with what makes you you. Yes. I want to tell you about something else really cool going on. You're running out of time, but we've got one more day. We're giving away tickets to see Diana Ross, the, the supreme diva herself, uh, during a short-term residency in Las Vegas at the end of this month. We're giving away round-trip airfare for two, a two-night hotel stay at the Wynn Las Vegas and... We're giving you two tickets in the first 10 rows. These seats are expensive, baby, and we want you to have them. You can buy your way in at Ticketmaster.com. That's fine, but why not take a chance and try to win two tickets, uh, really good tickets, at WeAreChannelQ.com. Head there now. Enter for your chance to win. Like I said, we have just another day or so of this uh, giveaway going on, and uh, then we're going to pick a winner. Are we going to pick a winner? At some point, I'm sure somebody pick will. Me. Maybe we'll call them. Who knows? You know what Lisa calls people that are tryhards? I call them tryhards, but you know what she calls them? Hmm. Pick me people. Pick me's, yeah. Pick me's. Have pick- you ever heard of that? There's a lot of pick me's in uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's so funny. But we do want to pick you to For go. Sure. So, of course, with love. All right, coming up, uh, this straight guy says he pretends to be gay on Grinder. Find out why and if there's something to it or if it's just completely offensive coming up in seven minutes good morning beat channel q all right this is the tale as old as time <laughs> a little beauty and the beast reference for you i love this this guy says i met one guy at the gym and he's spotting me in these heavy sets and also encouraging me to go heavy and finish my sets it's awesome and we get to be efficient with our workouts and able to get uh, machines or dumbbells easily sharing then we go to the sauna and shower together Right, he's expressing his gym experience. This could sound like uh, a couple of bros or a couple of gay guys in West Hollywood going, you know, to Equinox. This guy says he's straight, though. This is where it gets weird. Okay. He says he's straight and goes on Grinder, pretending to be gay, just to get gym buddies to go work out with him. Girl, bye. Come on. You're gay, honey. Just say (laughs) that. Yes, or at least bisexual. That's There's such something. a weird thing to say uh-huh. and literally makes absolute no sense. Well, he's trying to ask people on Reddit if he owes this his gym buddies apologies. He says, I feel kind of bad because he probably thinks we will eventually F, but I told him straight up, I'm only looking for friends. I didn't tell him I'm straight, though. Should I tell but him? But this is so weird because... You met on Grindr? And, but of course you should tell him. Girl, bye. Listen to me. That doesn't even make sense because even matching the stereotypes, he can find any heterosexual man that will meet him at the gym and be his gym buddy. We call them meatheads. Like All It's the literally their stereotype. Yes. Go bro You're out. telling me that you can't find any bros that are straight? If, yeah. If, if you're, if you're, you're asking not hiding a, something? a gay guy on Grindr to go help you get your pump on at the gym and they'll go sit in the sauna and shower together afterwards he's expecting sex like there's not that that's not the end of it right and i think you've talked about this a little bit and why you have an issue a lot of times with uh straight girls yeah uh, who maybe like just want to like dabble they want to dip their toe in the lady pond and how sort of offensive that is sometimes it's one thing to explore that's fine but when people view you as like i don't know almost like a toy a play thing I think that's offensive. Yeah. And I feel like that's what this guy is doing to, to his gym buddies. Like, you're on Grinder. Yeah. Grinder is is exists for one reason and one reason only. It's it's sex. It's hooking up. Yeah. People aren't going on Grinder to find gym buddies. Yeah. That's just uh, odd. It's just There's not. There's probably an app for that too. It, Get on that one. It's just not a thing. Yeah. It's just not. And I it kind of makes me sad in a way. Yeah. 
because he's still so uncomfortable just being honest. Yeah. But it makes me more sad for gay men. And I'm so tired of, because of, I've seen this a lot. Even when I was dating men, I see a lot of like straight men uh, think they're funny and do quote unquote like gay jokes and gay yeah. stuff with my gay male friends. Yeah. And then here's what's happened some of the time. My gay male friends will go along really with it to make them feel comfortable feel but really yeah like there's something maybe happening yeah. and then two oh. things happen mm. understandably the gay guy's like okay hi and then he's like oh no no I was just kidding number one and then the gay guy's like bro you were totally like giving me the vibes or yeah the gay guy will go along with it so that the straight guy can get his rocks off in a yeah. sense of like feeling good his ego feels like good. a funny guy yeah it's just weird listen i've been in that position where i've definitely in my younger years would let straight men say certain things and i'd kind of laugh along with it because then you'd get the compliment like oh you're so cool for a gay dude or whatever the compliment may be and that used to feel like a compliment to me in my 20s right and then i grew up then I became a man, and it's a super, super offensive thing to say. And it's super, super offensive to meet somebody on Grinder and go get your pump on at the gym, then sit in the sauna with them naked or in a towel, and 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 not tell them that you're not actually gay or interested in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Because I think this person is probably interested, and they're probably just looking for like validation. They're looking for people to tell them it's okay. Mm-hmm. Guess what? It's okay to to hook up with or to love whoever you want to love in the world. I know that that, that society doesn't always tell us that. Mm-hmm. But that is the only truth. It's all okay. But what's not okay is being dishonest. Yeah. That's actually a bigger deal for me. And you know what? Leave my gay friends alone. Yes. Freak. Or don't. Don't leave them alone. Hop on them. Whatever you want to do. Just be honest Just about be honest. it. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. All right. So I've been married for two and a half months. So I'm obviously an expert on all things marriages, right? And uh, so when I came across this article, I thought it was really fascinating. Uh, this woman gave up freedom uh, to husband uh, due to Irish traveler lifestyle. Let me explain. So <clears throat> she's a former air hostess who gave up her career to marry a traveler who revealed she can no longer work and can't leave the house without her husband. She's 27. Her name's Holly. Like I said, her husband's name's Dougie. And he's a bare knuckle fighter. In UK's uh, in UK's most high-profile traveler, so they met back in 2019. Uh, although he did not grow up in the uh, Irish traveler community, she did not. Holly has had to embrace his traditional way of life after tying the knot, revealing that she's given up her old life in order to obey her husband. Saying the oh. biggest difference between a traveler's wife is you must respect your husband. What he says go goes. So this is really fascinating. They get married, basically, is what's happening. Is uh, and by the way, travelers, Irish travelers, basically do like a fight club. They travel and have fight clubs, like underground fighting matches. So that's sort of what he's known for, right? Just so we can understand what that actually means. And then people can challenge you and say, "I think I could take you down." And then he fights them. But in order to to support that lifestyle, he's got to be on the road a lot, and she has to be there with him. So she can no longer travel alone. She can no longer do anything alone because she has to support her husband. Is that crazy? That's a lot. That that's a lot to ask of somebody. I think too in a relationship. Remember, uh, you, remember when Mike Pence was? I I believe he was doing a vice presidential debate back in 2015, 2016, and he revealed that because of his religion, that he and his wife have certain rules, and he is not allowed to be in a room alone with any woman, ever under any circumstances. If he takes a meeting 
with a U.S. senator who happens to be a female, there needs to be a man in the room with them. And that is their role. That sort of stuff is just crazy. Yeah, I mean, look, I could drag this all day and I want to, but I also have to understand culturally where they're coming from and whether or not I agree it is part of their culture and it is Mm. something that she signed up for. Um, She chose to be in love with him and in turn give up all of the things that she loved. Is this for me? Absolutely not. Would I allow my daughter to do this? Absolutely not. Uh, Because I think that it... Uh, is very dysfunctional. I, I don't see that. I, I don't see that the healthiness in any of this. I think that she could support her man and still very much be her own person, um, but that's not what she chose to do. Well, the Irish traveler lifestyle is really fascinating stuff because, speaking of cultural, uh, they have a lot of cultural sort of guidelines that you have to abide by. They're very strict rules, uh, such as even the wedding. They had a really fancy wedding, segregated by men and women the entire time. Men and women were not allowed to interact at all. That's just wild to me. Wild. Like, I can't imagine living a lifestyle where, but but there's there's many cultures like this. Uh, the Orthodox Jewish community very much like this as well. I live in a, a highly Jewish neighborhood, and uh, and only the men walk together, and the women walk together when they go, you know, uh, to worship. And that's always been fascinating to me. I'm like, you don't get to worship together. Like I I can't imagine not knowing what it's like to go to church with my mom or sister my entire life. But you got to respect the culture. Uh, and if she's happy, I guess, sure. That's what I'm saying. I guess it's hard to be like, well, I mean, Are there she rules chose for him, it. though? Does no. He have, that's, the pro- that's where I have a Culturally, problem. Culturally, there never are for the man. They get no, to do right. whatever they want. Um, that's why I just married a man. Mm-hmm. That's why I married a woman. We can both do whatever we want. Yeah, same. <laughs> Over here, she's got to listen to me. Yes. <laughs> Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. A little bit of uh, infighting going on within our own community right now. And Billy Eichner's at the center of it all. Uh, What's popping? All right. Well, Billy Eichner uh, is really making headlines because he's really talking about our community and bros and the difference it needs to make. But uh, Fire Island star Joel Kim Booster, who we've had on the show here before, has reacted to comments that Billy Eichner made last week about LGBTQ content on streaming platforms. Now, Billy Eichner is currently promoting his movie Bros. The studio-backed gay rom-com will hit theater screens later this month. Eichner thinks it is particularly significant the movie will play on the big screen. Talking to Variety, he called the theatrical release historic compared to some streaming thing which feels disposable or which is like a one in a million Netflix shows. But Fire Island, a gay retelling of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice set during a summer trip to the New York hotspot was released a few months ago on Hulu that Joel Kim Booster was a part of. Uh, And he said, it seems like Billy was pretty inarticulate in his excitement about his movie getting a theatrical release, which is really cool and something I'm sure the studio and his publicist is making him constantly talk about. God knows I've said plenty of dumb crap without a publicist's help. Joel continued, I'm so proud of my movie and the people who helped make it happen, and I'm so grateful it was accessible to so many people on streaming, and I don't see it as any less valuable because of that. That being said, I'm also excited to see bros on the big screen and wish nothing but the best. I truly hope you can enjoy both or neither of our movies without pitting them against each other. He concluded, I've spoken to Billy and we're cool, and I'm way too busy reading my 769 unread text messages and writing jokes about Burning Man to focus on this. So this is a wrap for me. Thank you to everyone for being so supportive. You know, Billy Eichner's in in hot water. He just is. And it really was such an unnecessary comment. 
I will say I've made unnecessary comments. I've been in the moment yeah. and I've said some stupid things that, um, look, because I'm going to just say this about Billy Eichner. It's really hard being gay. Yeah. Although he is a cis white male, yeah. there is privilege it's, it's there. Little, it's a little easier to be a cis white male gay man than to be an Asian gay man. It's but still very still difficult, difficult. Yes. to have a gay story be told in in, in, a in movie theaters. theater, yes. And this probably wasn't an fu, no, necessarily as much it was a, as much as it was an fu to the fact that this is like the first. He's probably so proud of himself. Yeah, there's think, a lot of pride there. I think Billy was just trying to like highlight how big of a deal this is because it's huge. Yeah, it is huge. And something going to a movie theater is different than a movie going straight to streaming. Now, is it video on demand? It's not quite that bad. But streaming is just different, right? It's not the movie theater experience. It's not better or, or less than. It's just different. And I think there... But here's the thing. I think that queer people, a lot of people, women, are... We're so accustomed to comparing ourselves to everyone else. Say, mm-hmm. And we pit each other against each other. So I think it's just a natural instinct to be like, well, at least it's not that. We're, yeah. we're better than that. Well, you don't have to say that, Billy. You could have just said, I'm so honored that we're getting a theatrical release. Okay, Period. but look, That's also, it. I will say this. My family, you were at my uh, release album party, mm-hmm. and it felt really beautiful. I have issues with my family. They blocked me for a long story. You guys know there's a dysfunctional yeah. relationship there. Mm-hmm. And I really did at one point in my car say, God, I really am so much better than them. Like, I, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? You just do. You sometimes listen, it makes you, can, you feel better. Sometimes the trick, it just. The trick is saying it to yourself in your mind <laughs> well, and not saying it during an, a, an interview to, with a reporter. Yeah. And, that's where, and Billy's doing so much press for this. That one line that he said is getting so much attention is probably frustrating to him. Totally. Um, by all accounts, I know people who know Billy. I don't know Billy, um, but I know people who know Billy, and the, the, he's wonderful. Yeah. And so, eh. Absolutely. All right, well, coming up in our next hour, we have got an interview with the author of Destination Unknown out now, where we talk about the pivotal time in New York City, uh, the very beginnings of gay activism, and ultimately the gay rights movement. He lived it, and he joins us next. The Morning Beat, Channel Q. All right, welcome back to The Morning Beat. We're super excited to have our next guest, uh, who is an author who just released a uh, piece of fiction that is beautifully written, uh, and and I've only got to read excerpts from it. I'm going to try to read the entire thing this weekend because it really speaks to me. I've been looking for a good, solid piece of fiction, uh, and this one, I think, is the one I've been looking for. It's called Destination Unknown. It's out now. Please welcome to the program Bill Konigsberg. Bill, how are you? Oh, I'm great. Thanks. So so nice to be here. Thanks for having me on. Well, at the top of your book, uh, you say, To my friends who didn't make it to the 21st century, I miss you. And this story is so important and so timely uh, and it's so important for our community. You go back into New York City in the, in the 1980s during the, during the height of the HIV AIDS epidemic. And you've got a couple of characters that you follow their story. Their names are CJ and Micah. Sounds very familiar to AJ and Michaela. Um, so we like... It was we about like, us. <laughs> just be honest. But what was it? It was, it was really based on you. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Just a, couple, just a couple of gay men from New York City. Um, so what's it, what, what was it like to be a part of the, like a pivotal time in New York City and to sort of revisit that time in this book? You know, uh, it was a really, that's where I grew up. I grew up uh, and came of age in the 80s in New York, and it was a really strange time to uh, 
come of age and come out. Uh, the, the big differences were, of course, that there was no social media, no internet, and really no representation mm. uh, in books, movies, TV. So all of that's going on. And then at the same time, there's this deadly disease that um, is happening. It's killing people, uh, who, uh, gay men, and the mainstream media is barely talking about it at all. Uh, it was uh, it was insane. I mean, it was a very strange time to come alive, uh, to come of age. And I uh, knew I was going to at some point go back and write it. And finally, I did. How did it feel to revisit the AIDS epidemic while writing about 1987? Because, you know, it's one thing to live through it and is then it, have yeah, to revisit it. To go back? Yeah, especially at the, the age that you are now seeing it so many years later with that perspective. Yeah, it, it's um, it, it was challenging. You know, there there you know there are bittersweet memories. It, you know, uh, it was the white hot period of my life. Certainly, the hardest time in my life was coming out at that time. Uh, and at the same time, you know, anytime you uh, go back, there are always nice memories too. And I think that that's pretty well represented in this book. That as much as it is a heavy topic, it's also a really hopeful and funny book. Hmm. Uh, and that's sort of that's sort of my brand, sort of laughter through tears. Uh, so that's what it was like. Well, you're at the right place because that is how we Amen. get through every single morning here on the show, talking about Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham and Donald Trump every single day. Ay, ay, ay. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're really, really great, though, at tapping into this sort of like mindset, that angsty like, like space that we're all in in our late teens through our 20s. How do you tap into that as a grown man who's very successful now? How do you still say, how are you still able to tell those stories the way that you do? Well, I think what I, the reason I can is because I'm deeply immature. Perfect. And, uh, Perfect answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I, I will admit uh, it's becoming more difficult as I'm getting older to tap into that because growing up now, is so different. You know, I'm mentoring right now a trans, an 18 year old trans man, and his life is so unlike anything that I experienced. Mm. So uh, I'm not sure how many more YA books I have in me. And I think this book in some ways is both a YA and an adult book. I think adults are really going to like this too. Yeah, well, I plan on reading it this weekend, actually, because I've, I've, I've read bits bits and oh, pieces good. of it, and I, I can't wait. I, I, I've been saying here in studio, I said it just the other day, I'm looking for a good piece of fiction, and uh, I think this one checks off a lot of boxes for me, so I'm excited to dig in. Absolutely. Uh, I do want to ask you now, you do have a huge response as adolescent minded as we love to be. You do have a big responsibility of being called one of the major voices in LGBTQ literature. How does that make you feel? And how do you uh, keep that in mind when you're writing all of this? Because that's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, you know, it feels like a lot of responsibility. Um, It's nice to hear. I sort of have an out-of-body experience when I hear that. I think, oh, they're talking about somebody else, but that's okay. Uh, the two responsibilities I have, I think, are, first of all, not to lie, to tell the truth no matter hard the, how hard the truth is. Mm. And I think the second thing is to give hope, because when you're writing for young people, I mean, if I'm not giving young people hope, what am I doing? So, you know, this is, as I said, I think before, a, a very hopeful book, mm. uh, which I think sets it apart in some ways from other books about that period. Well, you've been, you know, you've been changing the game for so long. Uh, you've got other books, Openly Straight, The Bridge, uh, the list goes on, and the mo- the music of what happens. I mean, you've got a you've got a great catalog of books that you've put out. Uh, Destination Unknown, though, super excited about this. It comes out. It's out this week, correct? 
Yes, just came out this week. Absolutely. Super exciting. Um, before we let you go, I'd love to get your thoughts on all of these LGBTQ plus book bans taking place across the country. You know, libraries are having to self-fund because, you know, city councils are now I saying know. we got to ban books. Like, what are your thoughts on that? And how do we how do we combat that? How do we get through this era and come out a better society in the long run? I think it is. Uh, it, it, I, I'm shocked that it's happening. Uh, and, you know, I'll tell you, the truth is that I am ready. I've been an advocate and all of this. Uh, an activist all my life, mm. and I'm 51, and I'm ready to like hang it up and drink margaritas on the beach, mm-hmm. and I can't now because this, this really hits hard. Yeah. Uh, I think these books are really a, a, about health and safety for, for young kids to be able to see themselves. I write these books so that they can have a better teenage life than I had. Mm. So it's absolutely the wrong thing to do, and whatever we have to do, we just have to fight like our lives depend on it because it does. Absolutely. Uh, well, we appreciate you so much. Destination Unknown out now. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to reading thank it and sharing it with our listeners continually. Also, we want to let you know to say hello. Do you have a couple Labradoodles, it looks like? Work. I do, and I had to lock them away for this, which made oh, them very unhappy. Go give them some cuddles. Yeah. We love our doggies. No, keep them <laughs> locked up, Bill. <laughs> Just Tell me something good. I'll tell you something good. The late, iconic actor, he portrayed Black Panther uh, and just became a superstar. Chadwick Boseman, uh, who did, did pass away a couple of years ago, was just honored with his first Emmy nomination and win uh, this last weekend. Uh, he got that on Saturday night, receiving the honor for his voiceover work in Marvel's What If, which is a cartoon on Disney+. Plus. Uh, he died in August of 2020, um, but had uh, had reprised his iconic role of T'Challa, who's Black Panther, for several episodes of the animated anthology series, which premiered almost exactly a year after his death. And this Saturday, uh, it was his first Emmy nomination, and he won. Uh, it's a bittersweet moment. I think it's really cool that his family can, you know, uh, you know, receive this award on his behalf. Um, his widow, Taylor Simone Ledward, accepted the award and uh, at the Microsoft Theater. Just a sweet, sweet moment. I mean, it cannot be overstated how much he meant as an actor. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, especially uh, to Black Americans. He played Jackie Robinson. He played, you know, Black Panther, the first Black lead of a of a of a iconic. Marvel franchise. It's just he's a big deal. Yeah. And I went to church with him. He's a fantastic guy. Super, super kind. Was always I remember my friend told a story that one time church was really, really packed and he got up and just stood in the aisle for an hour and a half, two hours for the entire service so that this older lady could have a seat. He was just a genuine person so in the sweet. real world too. So it much deserved. Yeah, absolutely. All right, this story is amazing. A mom wanted to celebrate her five year old's birthday in a very special way um and so she the little girl wanted to have a drag queen perform at her party (laughs) yes and that's what the mama got it's gone viral on tiktok and it's gotten more than 1.7 million views the video has delighted viewers around the world uh it's so fabulous and uh, the little girl was so happy. I will say that I had for my, was it my 30th or my 31st? My 31st birthday, 
I, yeah, it was the year out. You did your 30th, you went to New York. I wasn't there. Yeah, then 31? Yeah, 31, I think. Okay, so 31, I did um, a drag queen brunch that AJ was at, and our good friend Kim Caldwell came, and she brought her at the time, like, four-year-old daughter. Yeah. And Harley? Harlow. Harlow. And Harlow ate all of our tater tots. All of our tater tots. And gave all of the dollar bills to the drag queen. Mm -hmm. And she was living her best life. And the drag queens loved her. I was going in on a breakfast burrito hard. Wait, okay, but how good was was that food? She was delicious. She was handing out uh, singles and eating tater tots (laughs) while that was happening. (laughs) She was. She had the crumbs all over her face and just handing them to all the girls. It was at Flaming Saddles in West Hollywood, which closed down during the pandemic. Which I miss. I love Flaming Saddles. I used to work there when it was 11. I was a bar Tender I used to years. go there and sing when TJ ran it. Yeah. A mess. I loved it. I had a good time there. I did too. Uh, all right. Well, that's a great way to end our show. And as we get closer to the weekend, as always, thank you for listening. And buy Michaela's album tomorrow, Vivian. It comes out tomorrow. It comes out tomorrow. Vivian, Vivian, Vivian. Yeah, Vivian, Vivian, Vivian. <laughs> for now, listen to three hours of curated music and then stick around for Let's Go There with Sharon Ryan. End your day with Loveline. We'll see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 